Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4, episode 39 of this daily study podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we can continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are looking in Genesis chapter um, 6 to chapter 11 and Moses chapter 8 uh, in the week of January the 31st to February the 6th. And today we're going to conclude uh, Genesis chapter 8 and look at Genesis, cha- Genesis chapter 9 and possibly chapter 10 as well. Uh, because in these sections we have a bit less perhaps to cover uh, than we have had so far in the previous sections. Um, we find that uh, in Genesis chapter 8 um, the Lord finally speaks to Noah in verse 16 saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons. And thy sons wise with thee. He invites them to leave the ark onto the dry ground. Um, and in verse 20, the first thing that Noah does, and we can learn a lot from this uh, reaction that Noah does when he first leaves the ark, is this. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So yeah, we have there. Um, an important moment where where Noah shows his gratitude. And in the Joseph Smith translation, it adds an extra phrase or section on to the end where it says, and gave thanks unto the Lord and rejoiced in his heart. So not only was this an offering, but it gives a, a more detail about what type of offering it was, because as we go through in the uh, the Old Testament, we will learn that there are different types of offerings for thanksgiving for thanksgiving for atonement for um all sorts of things like that and so this offering was a an offering of thanksgiving of noah showing gratitude to the lord uh, for his um mercy in sparing um, um, noah and his family but also in his mercy in removing the wickedness that was on the earth so that the so that mankind could begin once again uh, afresh um so that was um what that 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 sacrifice was for and then in verse 21 reading from the Joseph Swift translation uh, version again in verses 5 and 6 of Genesis 9 in in that translation it says and the lord spake unto noah and he blessed him and noah smelled a sweet savor and he said in his heart I will call on the name of the Lord that he will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, and that he will not again smite any more every living thing as he hath done while the earth remaineth. And the Lord promises that uh, to him, uh, that he will not do this uh, again. And interestingly, in verse 9 of Genesis, uh, in the first verse, uh, he, the Lord says to Noah, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Um, so it's very similar to kind of the, the the creation that they come forth and they're told again to, to resume this commandment to populate the earth so that it could be used for its purpose. Um, and then in verse 8 and 9, it's he, uh, the Lord says, or in verse nine, the Lord says, "And I, and I, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and with your seed after you." Um, 
And in the Joseph translation gives further detail on this to explain what covenants this is. Um, that this is the covenants that the Lord made with Enoch. And so this will continue uh, this promise uh, about how they can come closer to God, how they can have a relationship with him. And I think that covenant is very important um, and understanding what it is. We often refer to a covenant as a two-way promise, and that indeed it is. Uh, but I was listening recently to the Church News podcast and uh, <clears throat> the Young Men's pre- Stake, uh, the, not the stake, the general Young Men's Presidency were um, sharing kind of the vision for young men this year. And uh, I love what was said by um, by Brad Wilcox, who said uh, that a covenant that he needs to help, we need, he was talking in the context of helping the youth understand what covenants are and how important they are. And uh, he said about how we talk about how covenants are a two-way promise, and they are that. But really, we need to understand even more so that they're not just a two-way promise, they are a relationship. Uh, and that they're a relationship between us and the Lord. And that this relationship is between a loving Heavenly Father who, yes, who requires and wants us to do things on our side, but he will still bless us as much as, we, as, he, as he can he sends forth blessings as soon as we make that covenant relationship with us. Um, and even if we make mistakes, he still sends blessings to us. Um, just He just can't give the full blessings of that covenant at this moment. Um, but he will support us and strengthen us to be able to fulfill that covenant and our side of that covenant if we, of course, um, stay close to the Saviour and, and follow his gospel, to have faith, to repent, to partake of the sacraments, renew our baptismal covenants, that we make, and of course, to follow the Holy Ghost as we receive it again in our hearts. Um, I love that explanation of a covenant, that it is, yes, the two-way promise, but it is more, even more than that. It is a relationship uh, between um, us and God. So that is um, a, a great reminder about our impo- the importance of our covenants uh, and what we need to do about um once we've made those promises between us and God. A token of this covenant, as the Lord mentions, uh, is the bow in verse 16. It says uh, in verse 16, uh, well, looking at the Joseph translation version again, it says, And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant which I made unto thy father Enoch, that when men should keep all my commandments, Zion should again come on the earth, the city of Enoch, which I have caught up unto myself. And this is mine everlasting covenant, that when thy posterity shall embrace the truth and look upward, then shall Zion look downward, and all the heavens shall shake with gladness, and the earth shall tremble with joy. So the bow, or the rainbow, uh, as, as we understand that to be, is a reminder to us and to the Lord of the covenant uh, that is made between him and us. That as we are righteous and as we keep the commandments, then we shall be blessed. Um, and I think that, you know, it's a nice uh, visual reminder to us of just the the blessings and the um, the the mercy and the, the things that God has given us, uh, the creation of this earth, the, the fact that we have this earth to be on and have all the things that it has in it and the beauty around us uh, to help prepare us to be able to 
become more like him, to keep his commandments and make these covenants with him in this mortal life, and to strive to do what we can to keep those covenants, uh, is, is a great blessing. In chapter 10 of Genesis, we then look at the kind of generations of Noah uh, moving forwards. And we see how the earth begins again in terms of the generations and the nations and the populations of the earth. And I think that that's important because we, we are reminded that uh, mankind um, is able to move forward and develop and grow from this point and begin again. Of course, when we get to Genesis chapter 11, and we'll continue our study tomorrow from that uh, for two, two days about the Tower of Babel, or the Tower of Babel, as I've heard it referred to by some um, Hebrew scholars, uh, is that, or biblical scholars, is that um, once again, there is wickedness that appears again. And so we'll talk about that as we move into the experience of this tower, and how perhaps um Whilst these two stories may seem quite different to each other to begin with, there are some similarities and there are some things that we can draw comparisons on between the people of Noah, in other words, his family, and the people in Babel. And so we'll have a look at that uh, over the next couple of days. Thank you very much for your time for listening and until we meet again.